and welcome to the podcast series, Parenting Tips, brought to you by the Family Health and Wellness Educators of Cornell Cooperative Extension Suffolk County's Community Education Program. We provide up-to-the-minute research-based information by bringing you ideas and info about food, nutrition, being physically active, and overall well-being, including tips for kids, families, and individuals of all ages. We have tons of information on our website and through our blog posts at ccesuffolk.org. You would click on the community education section. We want to make it easier to catch up on helpful and fun tips without having to sit in front of a screen. Our podcasts are perfect for listening to while you're out on a walk, on a break from work, or even if you're in the car on the way to the store. Today's topic is all about family meals. We will be hearing from Kara Sultan, parent educator from Family Health and Wellness. Kara, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, Amy. Thanks so much. My name is Kara Sultan. I am a social worker and parent educator for Cornell Cooperative Extension Community Education Department of Family Health and Wellness. I'm also a mom to a 12 and 13 year old. So this is really relevant information for me personally and professionally. And I was just going to mention that as well. So both Kara and myself are uh, working moms of two children. Mine are a bit younger than Kara's. I have a five-month-old and a six-year-old, but we both can attest to how crazy life can be with kids on the go, right? And it might be hard to actually sit down and enjoy a meal as a family nowadays. We totally understand that and we sympathize (laughs) with everybody else out there. However, although life is crazy, there is a significant amount of research that shows multiple benefits of sitting down together for a meal. We're going to hear from Kara a bit more today about some of those benefits. Thanks, Amy. Every time I talk on this topic, every parent in the audience afterwards literally goes home and starts cooking dinner because they hear and they see that this is a relatively easy way to get a lot of benefits. And in fact, for about 20, 25 years, this has been researched And it's shown time and time again that we as parents know, but sometimes have a hard time doing, that sharing a fun family meal is not only good for your spirit, but your brain and the physical and emotional health of all family members. That's a lot of research, Kara. So about 20, 25 years, you said? Yes. There has been study after study that link regular family meals with all the kinds of behaviors that we as parents want for our children. Things like higher grade point averages, resilience, self-esteem, and believe it or not, family meals are linked to lower rates of substance abuse, teen pregnancy, eating disorders, and depression. We see family dinner as prime time to nourish ethical thinking, and families really respond to this once they know. Those are a ton of benefits, if I do say so myself. So really, when we think about this, if we dig in a little bit more, how does this actually happen at dinner time? Well, the process, Amy, is pretty simple. If you break it down and think about what happens when you actually sit down at a table 
And I will add that the table should be distraction free. So no headphones. I know that's a common thing for parents to put headphones on their children and plug them into an iPad at dinner, but that's really defeating the purpose. No phones, nothing majorly distracting. Everyone has to be sitting together and there has to be an opportunity to talk and connect. And this process, when children who then become teens are talking and connecting with their families, they're actually building foundational skills to know they have a place to come to every day or every few days to solve problems and to have conversations and to laugh and to share about their days. And this is really called building emotional health and family dinners are a critical ingredient, no pun intended, for building that for children. <laughs> you may touch upon this later, Kara, but I know for my family specifically, my six-year-old is already emulating my husband and I with a phone, right? So she has like little a little play phone that she's constantly toting around. She puts it in her play purse. And I know, you know, my cousins have like a little basket that they pop phones into during dinner time. Are there easier ways to get your teens to disconnect from their devices during dinner? And if you if we're going to talk about this later, you can put it on pause. No, sure. It's a really good point. And we're going to talk about younger kids. But I think a lot of people really struggle with teens because younger kids, it's a lot easier to just say, because I said so, and they have to put the rule, and we have, they have to put the device away because they know it's the rule. They're a little bit more malleable. It's teens. They can be really challenging. A, we might think that they don't want to come to the table for dinner. And then when they do, you know, my kids have been known to put the phone under their leg and look <laughs> down to wipe their hands with a napkin, but they're really checking their Snapchat. It, it, overall though, for teens and younger kids, the research says that kids who sit down and share a meal with their parents do feel a more emotionally, more emotionally supported. That, I mean, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. And then when we're, we're talking about research, if we come back to that a little bit, we know how much uh, CCE likes to share research. So I know you were going to talk a little bit more about a study and some teen information here. There's research that says that family mealtime promotes intellectual and health and success, which I know you'd say, wait, does that mean that if we eat dinner together, our kids will be made smarter? And I, I think I'd say sort of yes. So when you're sitting down at a table with your children, teens and younger children alike, you're actually boosting their intellectual development and academic performance. What is very stressful for our youth today? Educational demands, right? Homework the monotony of school, getting up early, tests that they don't always do well on, especially for teenagers, this is a large cause of anxiety and stress. And one study revealed that academic stressors, stressors specifically can actually have devastating impacts on children and teens' mental and emotional well-being. So the good news is, is that sitting down for family meals may improve emotional health by lowering these academic-related stresses. So if you've had a bad day at school, if you know you have a place with your family to eat food and to derive support, they feel less stressed by the demands. That's amazing. All just at our dinner table. And the cool thing, you have young kids who are emerging readers. This was another interesting bit of research. 
you know, every night, I'm sure you've been told by us in our department that you need to read to your daughter and it increases her vocabulary. And sometimes our children are interested, sometimes we're tired, sometimes it's, you know, it can be challenging. However, one study showed that when children sit down to eat dinner together, they learn something called rare words. These are not words that you're going to find in your children's storybooks. These are words that adults use in conversations. So when children sit down and have dinner, they might learn up to 1,000 rare words. In comparison, when you read a storybook to your child, they may learn only 143 of those. So that's a really large increase. And what the evidence shows is that children who have larger vocabularies, so exposure to rare words, actually learn to read earlier and more easily than children with smaller vocabularies. So dinner time conversation can actually, it doesn't substitute a book, but it can really enhance a child's vocabulary and learning. In addition, for school kids under the age of 13, consistent family meal times may predict high academic achievement even more so than time spent in school, doing their homework and extracurricular activities like sports. I think what happens is that we sacrifice mealtime these days in favor of extracurriculars and say, okay, you'll do 10 activities and we'll just grab, I mean, you know, we'll grab a burrito in the car. But in fact, the opposite is true that cutting down on those things, spending time at the family meal table, kids who ate meals five to seven times a week with families, we're two times more likely to get A's than kids who ate meals with their families less than two times a week. Study after study, it all points to the same underlying fact. That is some really, really strong, strong research and, and data to support like really taking the time and sitting down together as a family. I can attest, even with a six-year-old, we are in a zillion activities, so I know that it's very hard. But we do still try to sit down together at least five or six times a week. One more question to sort of convince me a little bit more on this. So earlier you said eating together as a family can lower rates of substance use and abuse. Can you kind of elaborate a little bit more on that? Sure. So the research, more research, shows that family meals actually reduce binge drinking smoking, marijuana use, sexual activity, eating disorders, and violence. Basically, is that it offers teens an, the ability to talk with their families, to reduce some time being spent with peers, and it, it helps them make better choices to stay away from things that are pretty, that can be pretty toxic for them. In fact, believe it or not, Family mealtime can protect against harmful behaviors even more than good grades are ready for this going to church. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. I mean, these are all things we know we want for our children, right? Like we, we want to safeguard them from, from all of these things, but knowing it's just as simple as sitting down together as a family to eat, I think this is something that we could all strive for. And it makes our teenagers extra accountable, right? If they know that someone's expecting them at mealtime to look them in the eyes, to engage in conversation, it really, it really goes a long way. And the effects don't happen overnight, but if we do it consistently, you'll see the rewards. I mean, it, it all just really sounds amazing. Do you have just a few more little tidbits, kind of like a bottom line that you would say 
in regards to some of this? Sure. You know, I think we think that our children don't actually want to come to the dinner table, especially our teenagers. But in fact, over 79% said they actually do enjoy sharing meals at the table. And, you know, children and teens alike are able to learn from having conversations. And just some last suggestions I think I'd offer is that when you get everyone to the table, and in our follow-up podcast, Amy, you're going to talk to us about how to do that and how to provide proper nutrition. But I think a lot of parents struggle with, okay, we're all sitting here. What do we do now? And Mm -hmm. I'd say to you, be creative. One parent loves to play Uno because her child doesn't talk. So if they play Uno, the conversation slowly starts to happen and playing Uno is fun. So it's a way to engage a child. Another great way is to structure the interaction If you've never played Rosebud and Thorn, I would encourage you to try it. It's a lot of fun. It asks you to ask yourself or your child for three things, a rose, which is a highlight, success, small win, or something positive that has happened, a thorn, a challenge you experienced, or something you can use some more support with, and a bud, a new idea, or something you're looking forward to. So I think when our children hear us talk about things that are both positive and negative, they learn to problem solve. They learn that a bad grade isn't the end of the world. You know, they learn coping skills. And I think the dinner table is really just an amazing place to role model those skills. And that's why we see all these tremendous gains. That game or the the structure, the rosebud and thorn, that sounds like something that I would love to try in my own house. We do try to do things like that, like at the end of the day, even if it's sometimes it's at the dinner table and sometimes it's before bedtime, but we ask like, what was your favorite part about today? So we do already do a little bit of that, but I do, I like this too. And we could definitely, we could definitely do the structured activity at the dinner table. So these are some really great suggestions, Kara, on getting the conversation started, because I know that's probably almost a fear, I would imagine, for some parents, especially of like older teenagers. I I already sometimes get one word answers from my six-year-old. So it could be a little bit intimidating to try to sit down and have an entire conversation, I would assume, sometimes. And the key, Amy, is to make it fun. And I liked your point about doing things at bedtime. And I think parents feel like dinner or this idea behind a family meal has to be at 6.30 every single night. And if you actually do the math, there are 16 possible times for families to eat together, seven breakfasts, seven dinners, and two weekend lunches. So sometimes, you know, a dessert, hot chocolate, a fruit break, it doesn't actually have to be dinner. It can be a breakfast. It can be a snack. It can be at a different time. So be creative because I think if we feel too much pressure as parents, to do a dinner every night, we're doomed for failure. But know that between three and five times a week, if you can get in these times together, it will make a huge difference. If you can connect and laugh and make the most of any opportunity you might have. That's also a great point. And I feel like that probably lifts a little of the anxiety off of some of the parents, (laughs) even thinking about just meals in general, right? So it doesn't always have to be like a very formal, sit down dinner. Like I loved your, your tidbit about just like a cup of hot cocoa and conversation. Just, I guess 
the point is, if you sit down at any point during the day with your children and start a conversation and a meal or a snack or something, that's really all that matters. We don't have to put so much pressure on ourselves. I know I do that myself as a mom, a new mom of two. It's it's hard not to put the pressure on yourself to make sure you're still doing all the things that you know you think you need to do right oh yeah so you gotta let that go and sometimes a can of chicken soup and some ritz crackers and on a cold night and some fun games and some conversation you're winning doing that yeah so we we did talk a little bit about all the pressures that parents feel and about how it doesn't have to be just dinner right and they don't need to be super structured meals and i appreciate that i'm sure everybody listening appreciates that to just uh, lift a little of that that stress off of us. So we're we're about ready to wrap this up here. Are there any other small takeaways that you'd wish to offer our audience just on this topic of family meals and family dinners? Well, I guess in closing, Amy, I'd say that the benefits are tremendous, but you don't have to accomplish it all in one day. Don't put so much pressure on yourself that you stop, don't do anything at all and say it's not worth it. You don't have to be, prepare a gourmet meal. You don't have to be a fancy chef. Whatever you do is good enough. And as long as you're sitting together, having conversation and building that foundation and communicating either directly or indirectly that you're there for your child, the reward will pay off. So. You know, letting go of that pressure, I think will make it easier for a lot of us and knowing what the benefits are at the end of all this. So yeah, it, it just go with it and, and try. And there's lots of resources. Check out our website because we have lots of additional resources for working on family dinners. Thanks, Kara. I know for me personally, this made me feel a lot better about not putting so much pressure on it. While we're wrapping up here, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go decide what to make for dinner tonight. Once you hear this and have a conversation about it, we're all running to the kitchen. But you know what? On occasion, doing takeout and still sitting down together, that's still okay too. Yeah, and talk about lifting pressure. We all have to do what's right for us. We hope you enjoyed and we will um, be back with you soon. Thanks. Bye.